2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good to be in for Bill this week, the rest of the week. I am Bart Winkler in the great city of Milwaukee where we are breathing a sigh of relief after the wrist update on Giannis Adetokounmpo is not as bad as was feared. He went to New York for another look at it. And Bucks fans were a little nervous since he went somewhere else it's not like he traveled across the world for some experimental surgery he just went to see a doctor that was somewhere else so could miss some time but hopefully it won't hinder the Bucks' run at another championship or at least the potential of that again I'm Bart Winkler Kurt Heelan joining us lead NBA writer editor over at NBC when it comes to the NBA and all things basketball Kurt 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 I gotta start with the all-star game because everybody's mad about it everyone does this every year we all get mad that the all-star game is not what it used to be I actually like this format I just think that this year it ended up stinking I, I, I don't know I think I don't I don't want to drastically change things too much because if you change it too much then you get what the NFL tried to put out this year a flake football game which I think was even worse than the low effort football game that they had just a year ago is there anything we can do to satisfy the people that are always unhappy about the all-star game
4: not really. I mean, honestly, I mean, well, I mean, technically, sure, you could guarantee two million dollars to the, each player from the winning team mm-hmm. or something, and you'd get a lot more motivation. But even then, it's like, it's an exhibition, and they kind of know it. And and Jason Tatum in his post game was kind of honest. He's like, did somebody ask about it? And he's like, nobody wants to get hurt, and everybody, like, everybody's trying to avoid any kind of injury or anything that sets them back. Um, so they're. Kind of just out there going through the motions, and I'm not sure that there's a reasonable answer to this. If the game, I think you also nailed it. If this game with the with the you know target score, the Elam ending, if it's close, like their competitive juices will kick in, and and you'll get an interesting fourth. It happened in Chicago a few years back, but I got a feeling that that's kind of it. Like, it's going to be what you get. See is what you get, and I'm not sure. I'm just I don't think there's an easy answer or some clean answer to this. It's just they know it's an exhibition. They don't want to, you know, look they're on their private jets to cabo the second this thing ends, no matter what city it's in. They they're they're just going through the motions.
3: There's two answers to how to fix it. I'll tell you the two answers. The two right answers. One, they need to wear their old their their real team jerseys and not a jersey that's being sold. They need to just wear their team jerseys. That it looks better. The second one is fans just need to understand everything you just said because what happens is they're going to try harder and then someone is going to get hurt and then we're going to be mad that there is this All-Star game anyway. Well, if there wasn't an All-Star game, Jokic wouldn't have got hurt and the Nuggets would have won the NBA Finals, and then we'll be mad about that. So the answer is wear the right jerseys and the fans. It's on the fans to understand what the players understand, that this is just for funsies.
4: Yeah, it is an exhibition and I don't think there's – yeah. I do agree with you on that, though. Especially, even the uniforms. Like, how about the warmups? Like, you look at some of the old photos, and they're all standing there, and they're you know different. Their, their team warmups. Like that. Just, I, I'm with you. I think that looks better than <laughs> than the kind of manufactured uniforms that were hastily slapped together for these teams this year.
3: I think that, as we talk about uh, the NBA and coming up to sort of the second half here, Kurt Heelan joining us. I'm Bart Winkler on the Bill Writer, uh, Writer Than You program. The Western Conference very interesting because it is pretty wide open. Uh, there's a you know the Kings could make a run. The Clippers adding uh, Westbrook that could be interesting. The Mavs with Kyrie that's something. Golden State maybe still lurking there. We'll see what happens with some of these other teams. The Lakers even lurking further. The Grizzlies of course. I think when I look at this, and and I look at it from the perspective of Who's got the most pressure on them to be the team that gets to the finals? And I would say the Nuggets are starting to have some pressure. Jokic might get his third MVP. When Giannis was going for his third MVP, no, you can't get it because you got to win in the playoffs. Okay, that doesn't seem to apply to Jokic for whatever reason. So the Nuggets, I think at some point, if Jokic is this guy who got picked almost last in the starters uh, NBA draft, by the way, he's this guy that's supposed to be this MVP candidate, at some point, you got to get your team to the finals. But then there's also the Kevin Durant factor with Phoenix. Phoenix was a team that made the finals two years ago, adding Kevin Durant, losing a piece here or there, but you're adding Kevin Durant. Would you say there's more pressure on KD and the Suns or Jokic and the Nuggets? I'm going to
4: say Jokic and the Nuggets because KD and the Suns, are kind of slapped together this year, and it's going to like next year that pressure really builds on them. But this year, I've got you know, look, I've got questions about their defense. I've got real questions about how DeAndre Ayton handles what's going to be a smaller role with fewer post touches and being asked to defend and rebound. I got questions, but they've kind of got a year to answer them. I think you nailed it with Jokic. Look, the excuse, look, he was a great story the last couple of years, and you kind of forgave the playoff losses because they don't have Murray. They don't have Porter. They don't have the guys around him to do it. But, you know, when they're healthy, they've looked good. Well, they got everybody this year. You know, knock on wood, everybody goes to the playoffs healthy for them. And now there is pressure to at least reach the conference finals and prove that they, you know, look, so far, he's lived up to it. I mean, going into the season, I was with you. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to win a third MVP. I think there's going to be a lot of voter bias against him. I mean, look, you got the number one team in the West, one of the top teams in the NBA, and you're averaging a triple-double. You get in the conversation. Man. You're, you're there. Giannis, I think, is in there, and going to be in there. But, like, he's earned his way in it, but it's a – they have to do it in the po- – they have to show now that they're a playoff team, that, or that they're, they're a very good playoff team. Um, if they go seven games with the Suns and lose to Kevin Durant in the in Game Seven, I'm willing to you know all right, that's a good playoff run, but it's on them. Like they have to now prove they're that team.
3: The odds, if I have this right, for the Clippers to win the finals went like got worse after they picked up Russell Westbrook. I heard a uh, really good analysis on the Clippers, and I'm I'm not sure where I heard it, but it stuck with me where. With all these teams, you know they have their superstars, and you wonder about the others. You wonder it might have been TNT because they always call them the others, but you always wonder about the others. Uh, it, with the Clippers, the depth, the others—it's pretty reasonable. They, the guys to worry about are what are we going to get out of Paul George? What are we going to get out of Kawhi Leonard? And how healthy and reliable are they going to be? Are the Clippers? I, I think I, I just to pull up to I just pull up the standings here. And I'm looking at teams and I'm like, okay, the Nuggets could win. The Grizzlies could win. The Kings are a nice story. And then in my brain, I skip right to the Suns. I don't even, I don't even think there's a possibility. The Clippers could be the team to get out of the West, but they've been very good for a handful of years. They've got a very good roster, but we keep, it seems like we just keep overlooking the Clippers. And I don't know if the Westbrook mover will help or hurt that.
4: Yeah, I don't think it helps. Honestly, they they're, They have played better lately. Look, Kawhi has been in the game. He's played, I think, 16 of 18, 16 of 19, something like that. And they're 10-4 and with the best offense in the NBA over that stretch. But I'm still skeptical. Their defense isn't sharp enough and and consistent. They do have the role players. Like, on paper, they're there. I will say this. There is real pressure on that organization. Steve Ballmer has... spent even a lot of money for him, right? Like he spent a lot of money and done kind of everything you want an owner to do. He has bought, brought in the stars. He has upgraded the facilities. He has paid for scouts and front office to make this a very first class organization. Players like the Clippers. Like it's a weird thing to say for people who have followed the sport for a while, but Clippers have a really good rep, right? Like it's a place you want to go now. There haven't been results. He wants results. They need a point guard. They're not quite there. I just think what they really need is shooting and defense. And they got Russell Westbrook. So I'm like, I'm not sold that this makes them better. But we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I, they could start him, which I think that messes with their shooting. That messes with their defense. It'll be interesting.
3: Talking with Kurt Healy NBC Sports, uh, NBA writer, editor. I don't really. <laughs> I don't really have a Kyrie question for you and the Mavs, but I just feel like I should ask you one because it is interesting. Uh, you do wonder if this will be a long-term setup. You do wonder if this will be something that can work. They haven't ex- they haven't signed him to an extension, which I thought if there was going to be a trade, that would be a part of it. One theory I heard again, I don't know where I heard this, but they're just trying to test run like what kind of superstar they can put next to Luca. I mean, in your wildest dreams. Do the Dallas Mavericks? I mean, are, are, can they even make the Western Conference Finals with this with this setup?
4: I don't think they defend well enough right now, and but I think that that's fixable um, in the long term. Not not necessarily, you know. Look, the, the buyout market's not going to save them on the defensive end, but it's going to be interesting. They didn't extend him mostly because Kyrie wouldn't sign this extension. Kyrie wants four years at the max. No team wants to give him more than two years. He isn't – look, he's a max player. He's going to get max money. There isn't a question about his quality on the court. Um, It's the years everybody's concerned about. My guess is they'll end up settling on three, but we'll see. Um, But I think Denver locks him in and then makes moves around them to put shooting and defense and the pieces they need around their stars. you got the hard part. You get the two stars. I think – look, their offense has already been really good when those two are on the floor together. And they're still just kind of playing next to each other. If they haven't, you know, if they look like Dwayne Wade and, and LeBron James their first year together, where they're great next to each other, but they're not really with each other yet. They're not playing off of each other yet. They're not sacrificing parts of their game to make it work yet. That'll happen, though. I think they'll get there on offense. If they can put some defense around these guys over the next year or two, and Kawhi, and, and more importantly than Kawhi getting along, does Luka like Kawhi? does Luka like Kawhi now? Does Luka like Kawhi two years from now? As long as all that clicks, I think they're a long way down the road. They're just not going to be there this year. I will say this. I am rooting for Dallas versus Sacramento in the first round because neither of them play any defense and both have great offenses, and I want (laughs) 150 to 155-point playoff
3: games. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, I think a lot of people would get into that. Talking with Curt Heal and NBC Sports. So, I've I've primarily talked about the West. I think in the East, it's Boston and Milwaukee. Now, you could argue for the Sixers. Embiid still hasn't been to a conference finals, So, until that happens, I'm still looking at these two teams, the Bucks and the Celtics. The Celtics, I always make this comparison. The Celtics are the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody decides that they're the team to beat, and then they never win the championship, at least in this current era. I know the Celtics won... Not too long ago. I feel like everybody wants to gravitate towards the Celtics. The NBA All-Star Game turned into the Jason Tatum show. It was three quarters of waiting for Jalen Brown to take on Jason Tatum. Uh, ESPN, I think, is going to run a whole day of Celtics programming, which doesn't make any sense, but they're going to do it. I, and there is a bias here, this is where I live, but I still like Milwaukee to come out ahead. Where are you in the East? First off,
4: those are the two best teams in the NBA, and frankly, I think Philly would beat De- – at least if not beat Denver, give them real trouble in a, a seven-game series. Like, I think the three best teams are in the East. I've got – my only question about Philly really is – well, outside of James Harden in the playoffs, and Doc Rivers has his own share of playoff collapses, is if you're going to play Tyrese Maxey and James Harden heavy minutes together in the backcourt in the playoffs, that's tar- those are targets. And so I'm not sure – when you get to going up against the Boston or Milwaukee, I'm not sure they're there, but it's close. Um, but I think those are the two best teams. I lean towards Boston just because I like their scheme versatility. I like the way they can play a lot of different styles. But I look, I think that's the seven-game series. I think Boston has a certain 2014 Spurs where they got you – know, they, they thought they were the better team in last year's finals. And frankly, on paper, they were the better team. But – they didn't know how to execute it yet, and certainly the Warriors have proven they know how to they know how to peak, they know how to exploit teams, they know how to do what they have to do to win. Um, I think they've come back with a little fire in them, and when they really crank it up, I think they're the best team. But I, it's they don't have an answer for Giannis because nobody has an answer for Giannis, and it's it's. Crowder is a great get. It kind of fills a need for them. I think that's, like I said, I think it's a seven-game series. I'll lean Boston, but it's, you know, if you told me Milwaukee comes out, I'm like, yeah, that could happen.
3: Well, the one thing I will say is they did just play before the All-Star break, and Boston sat a lot of their guys for injuries or other reasons, and the reserve unit played very well, and so maybe the depth in Boston is better. I think that Derek White was really good. Go ahead.
4: No, I think what that gives them with – Derek white and all these guys is just the ability. When you have that depth, you have the versatility in the playoffs to go at matchups or to exploit what you see as a weakness. And the, that, that I think is their ultimate advantage in Boston is that they can beat you a variety of ways. Um, Milwaukee's not Milwaukee's almost as good, but I'm not sure they're quite as versatile, but I think that, like I said, I still, <laughs> it's a coin flip. It's a seven game series.
3: Kurt, good insight. I also thought of another way to fix the all-star game. The, uh, Hour-long halftime show is probably too long, too. No offense to the performers, uh, but it was probably too long.
4: It it, it it was pretty long, but that did let me, you know, I learned I liked Burna Boy, so I didn't know that before this. Now I know.
3: <laughs> well, that, there you go. Me, too. So I guess what am I complaining about? Kurt, thanks so much for your time. Have a good one, man. Take care. Kurt Heelan joining us here, CBS Sports Radio again. You can find his work, NBCSports.com, all things NBA Good to talk to him. The other thing with the the Celtics, just kind of wrapping that up, is when they did get to the finals last year to play Golden State, uh, and as a Bucs fan, we saw it coming. The Bucs didn't get beat by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And Chris Middleton was hurt. That's important to note, big part of what Milwaukee does. But Grant Williams had career games. L. Horford, there was nights he was the best player in that series. They get to the finals, and those two guys completely disappeared. So if you are a Boston Celtics fan, and you're looking at that game the Bucs and Celtics played Tuesday night where the Bucs did need to go into overtime to beat essentially a reserve unit, I understand the excitement uh, of why you might think that – because the depth's probably better. The depth is probably better. The overall depth maybe leans towards Milwaukee, but the guys 6-10, through that second unit – I think Boston fans are very concerned that Milwaukee's going to get in their way, and I think Milwaukee fans are very concerned that Boston's going to get in their way. And then there's Philly, which, of course, is a wild card. They haven't done it yet, but maybe that can change. We'll do buy or sell coming up next. I'm Bart Winkler, and for Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. shopify.com slash Podcast.
3: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. My name is Bart Winkler. I am in for Bill Ryder the rest of the week. Shout out to Tim Shea, who is listening in Milwaukee. Rideshare Driving Services. Shout out to all the rideshare drivers and food delivery drivers on this Tuesday. Let's get to buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's
4: edition
5: of Buy or Sell on Rider Than You. All right, Bart, let's start it off in the NFL. According to Mike Fisher of Sports Illustrated, the Dallas Cowboys are, quote, intrigued by Ohio State quarterback CJ Stroud. However, Bart Dak Prescott is entering the third year of a four-year deal and is set to make 31 million dollars this season. Buy or sell, it would be a mistake for the Dallas Cowboys to draft a quarterback. All right, I want to give you like real answers to this. I don't want I don't want to say partial
3: buy but partial sell. You know, I want to give you a definite answer. So, I am going to say Buy or sell, it would be a mistake for the Cowboys to draft a quarterback this year. I'm going to say I will sell that. It will so. not be a mistake.
5: Mm. Yeah.
3: Now, to trade up maybe and get a CJ Stroud, that is not happening. That's fine to be intrigued. That's not happening. But if there's a guy in the third round, it's, it's third round, fourth round, fifth round, I think that Dak is established enough and there's still some, you know, you're always wondering about the future. I really do subscribe to the theory the time to draft a quarterback is when you don't need one. That's what the Packers did. It just is unfortunate that someone's feelings had to get hurt when they did that. Now, the Packers also probably did that the wrong way. They traded up for a guy that the jury was still out on. But anyway, I think the Dallas Cowboys, if there's a quarterback there that they like, in the later rounds, go ahead and do that. But I don't see them getting one of these top guys. They'd have to trade too much for that i don't think they need that i think the cowboys actually were a team i thought could go to the super bowl It just didn't work out for them so i'm going to sell if there's a quarterback there late
5: even third round take them tom all right former jets and bills head coach rex ryan has reportedly completed an interview with sean payton and the denver broncos for their vacant defensive coordinator role Now, Bart, Rex was last in the NFL in 2016 with Buffalo almost seven years ago. Buy or sell, you understand why Denver brought Rex Ryan in for an interview. I think I do understand, so I will buy this. Buy.
3: I think that Sean Payton is doing a fellow TV guy a favor in terms of, hey, you're over at ESPN, things got weird last year. Jeff, Saturday got plucked from the desk to go coach. Maybe the same can happen to you. And Rex might say, well, I don't know. It's a pretty easy gig for me. And then Sean might say, well, I just made a boatload of money at Fox. That was very cushy. How about I bring you in and we can negotiate a raise for you? Oh, okay. Also, it signals to Denver like, hey, we're in the game here. If you want to be our defensive coordinator, we're talking to Rex Ryan. This guy has been to AFC Championships. This guy is... It's been a while, but he was a renowned defensive mind. So if you're interested, we're getting this train moving. I'm, I'm uncovering every stone. If I'm Sean Payton, that's the signal I send out there. I think that there was good reason behind it. I don't think Rex gets that job, but I think there was good reason behind it. So that will be a buy for me.
5: All right, Bart. College football officials are moving closer to recommending several clock rule changes meant to both reduce the length of games and help with player safety now potential changes include for the clock to continue to run after first downs and on incomplete passes buy or sell you're in favor of college football making clock rule changes all right
3: well i don't want it to keep running after incomplete passes that seems dumb i know the first down thing is hard for some people to understand and might seem dumb But I am going to say sell. Sell. Mm. I don't want them to make changes to the clock. I'm one of these guys that wants games to be six hours if possible. I want long games. Baseball's trying to shorten things up. No. I like when a game goes four hours. You know why? Because I have little else to do. And I want to keep watching that game. I enjoy watching that game. I like to savor it. I like to stretch things out especially if I go to that game. I want to enjoy that game. I paid so much for a ticket. I want to enjoy it. I'll leave on my terms. If the game's still in the third quarter and I want to leave, then I'll leave. I don't want it to be over right before I get in my seat. So ultimately, I'm a sell here because I like how ridiculously long these college games are. Now, if you're going to stop it after the first down, that will change some of the late game strategy that we've seen in college. That probably makes more sense. Stopping after... Are continuing to run after incomplete passes. I don't like that. I also don't like that in both, uh, you know, in the NFL, it's the fourth quarter, guy runs out of bounds, clock's still running until like five minutes left. That seems weird. If you're out of bounds, you should be out of bounds, but they don't want their games to be too bloated either. I'm going to say, because I'm a sicko, and love these games as long as they are, when a 6.30 game kicks off and doesn't end until
5: 11, and I love it, I'm going to sell. College should make no changes. All right, let's get to some hoops here. Now, after being traded at the deadline from the Lakers to the Magic, Patrick Beverly is now signing with the Bulls after reaching a buyout agreement in Orlando. Now, Bart, the Bulls are 26-33, and 33, two games out of the final play-in spot in the Eastern Conference. Buy or sell that the Chicago Bulls are the biggest disappointment in the NBA this season? I am going to buy that.
3: but And I, I'm going to, like put more money on that one. I think that that is a tremendous uh, it's a tremendously yes, buy, 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 buy. bye 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 bye. Bye. There there's other teams you could throw in there, I suppose. I mean, I don't know what you qualify the Nets as in this equation. But the Bulls are seven games, like you said, seven games under 500, back a couple games from the playoff spot. That is a roster that should not be that far out of it. Lonzo Ball's been hurt, okay? But don't tell me he's the key to this whole thing moving. They've got Zach Levine. They've got DeMar DeRozan. Vukovic is a very effective center. I don't understand how that team is seven games under 500. Now, is Pat Beverly going to change things there? No, I don't really know why he's going to Chicago. I know he's from the area, but if it's Chicago and Golden State looking at you, I think you go to Golden State. So Patrick Beverly, what will probably happen is the same thing that happened last year. He'll get his team into a playoff, the play-in. No win a game. He'll jump on the stands. It'll go crazy. And then they'll get bounced in the first round. But I think yes, absolutely. And I think Chicago should be pretty upset about this. This is way too good of a roster
5: to be this bad. Absolute with my last dollar. Bye. All right. Now, speaking of NBA signings, the Bucks have signed Myers Leonard to a 10-day contract. Now, Leonard has been out of the NBA for over two years since saying an anti-Semitic slur on a live video game stream. Buy or sell you have an issue with the Milwaukee Bucks signing Myers Leonard.
3: All right, so this feels like a setup. This is a tricky one. This is a tricky one.
5: So here's what happened for
3: me uh, as a Bucks fan when I saw this news. I saw the news. I thought, oh, Myers Leonard, he hasn't played in the league for a while. I forgot why. I forgot about the whole situation. I, I I did. I re-saw the situation. I thought, oh, yeah, that, that happened. Then I immediately, on Twitter, I saw this piece he did on Outside the Lines with Jeremy Schaap. The guy seems very remorseful for what he said. He claims he didn't know what it means. If you've played video games, you hear some really awful things said by whatever. He says through osmosis. That's how he ended up saying it. I think he's done the rehab. Now, he should be asked about it. Are you cured? Are you like what? What? You know, when the Milwaukee media gets to him, the Bucks should say, "Hey, there were other guys on this buyout market, but we're willing to risk a PR hit to help this guy." What's the reasoning for it? Is it a favor for an agent? Is it because you really think this is the best guy out there? So the Bucks should be asked about it. I do believe in second chances, and at the risk of being canceled myself, I will say. I will say sell I don't necessarily have an issue with this I feel like everyone's been doing the right thing since the mistake so again
5: sell so mm. all right Bart let's get to some baseball here now according to the athletic major league baseball has created a quote economic reform committee that is made up of at least three owners at this very moment this is nothing new for major league baseball in the past similar committees have been formed and the same results have occurred owners who spend big are asked to rein it in, while owners who do not invest in their franchise as much are not incentivized to do so. So my question to you, buy or sell the formation of an economic reform committee is the first step in Major League Baseball pushing for a salary cap when the collective bargaining agreement expires after the 2026 season.
3: I'm going to sell this. Sell. Mm. I think this is all just mumbo-jumbo. I mean those of you in the corporate world when there's an issue at a business or your office there's a committee formed and what's the committee do sit around and waste your time with meetings nothing ever gets solved this is going to this is not going to solve anything I actually I sort of like in a way that there is a league that does not have a salary cap everything's so salary cap driven which is fine but I like that there's a league where owners aren't incentivized. If you want to be good, spend money. The problem is there's so many owners that aren't incentivized that don't feel like they need to spend money. And there's a lot more of them than there are owners that are willing to spend. Baseball doesn't need a salary cap to lower some of the big contracts that are being given. Baseball needs a salary cap because so many of these teams just don't even try and don't even care and are fine with winning 75 games because they know that baseball is like the one thing to do in their city during the summer, and people are still going to go to their games. And the punishment is not big enough. I don't see a salary cap coming, maybe some sort of luxury tax. I still think the biggest disruptor to the baseball model is what Steve Cohen's doing with the Mets, and maybe even what they're doing with the Phillies, because you have all these teams that are they, they can't spend the amount of money that the Red Sox have been able to, that the Yankees have been able to, that the Dodgers have been able to. But if it's 20, let's say, low-income teams upset that 10 high-income teams can spend more money, well, that's not going to change anything. But then if there's some real big rich fat cat on the block that makes the previously known rich teams upset, they're going to be upset. Change doesn't happen when the poor people are upset. Change happens when the rich people are upset that someone's more rich than them. So I still don't think anything's going to happen. I think Steve Cohen right now is the biggest force of change that the sport could see. This committee, I I, I, I have no faith in whatever this, it, it just seems like, a, it seems like you're going to, yeah, I'll get to it, honey,
5: but it's never going to happen. Sell, 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 sell. sell. All right, Bart, let's get to one last one here. Now, speaking of spending, if the Angels and Shohei Ohtani cannot agree to a new deal before the end of this upcoming season, the two-way star will become the most sought-after free agent in MLB history. And yesterday, Ohtani's agent seemed to tip his client's hand when he said, quote, Shohei's earned the right to play through the year, explore free agency, and we'll see where it shakes out, end quote. Buy or sell that Shohei Ohtani will sign with another team other than the Angels. Oh, bye. 100% bye. bye.
3: And if there is going to be this committee, which is going to change the salary cap, well, then Shohei Otani better get the biggest contract that he can before things change. I His time with the Angels was good. It's unfortunate that Mike Trout can't be on a team that ever wins, even with Shohei Otani. But there will be enough bidding that Shohei's going to be somewhere else whether it's the Dodgers across town or a New York team or Seattle or wherever, there will be enough money thrown at Shohei. And I think one of the other things with Shohei is if I'm a baseball fan, you don't, it, it seems like Tom, it doesn't seem like you really, you go to watch your team. There's not players that get you into the stadium anymore. Shohei still is that guy when he comes into your town. So he is worth as much as they might spend. So bye, bye, bye on Shohei Otani. Bye. Good job. I like that. Good stuff. Uh, Buy or sell your comments on anything that we had there. We'll talk some NBA to wrap things up. In for Bill Ryder, I'm Bart Winkler on CBS Sports Radio. Let's get to Peter Schwartz.
2: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
1: and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.
2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
3: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome back in for Bill Writer, Writer Than You. My name is Bart Winkler. Be with you... And Tom, the rest of the week, good to be here talking some NFL last hour, talking some NBA. And when we were talking to Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports, talked a little bit about the Clippers. The odds went down. Now, Vegas odds, they are what they are, right? It does. It's not the end-all, be-all, but Russell Westbrook signs with the Clippers and their odds to win a championship go down. People look at the Clippers and say, this could be a team that could win. Maybe. They got a decent chance. And then they sign Russ Westbrook. And then their chances get worse. It's Russell Westbrook. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. I just always found the discourse around Russell weird. Like he is good, right? He's a stat machine. He's a triple double. He's he's a good person. <laughs> he seems like he tries hard. He gets out there early. He works on his shot. He it just he can't really find a home or a place. Ever since the days in Oklahoma City where he can really succeed and thrive and to bring him onto a team ends up being a net negative, which is unfortunate. The Clippers having this spot because John Wall, a buyout candidate, which the buyout market is a lot of big names. I mean, you had Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly's a a worthy enough name at this point. John Wall now, you know, a big name. We get all excited about the buyout market, and then it ends up being guys that don't necessarily help that much. Sometimes you do find a diamond in the rough. I pulled up real quick. I typed in best buyout market signings ever, and the number one signing, according to this article from the Bleacher Report, was Boris Diaw from the Spurs with 2012, and uh, and that was the best. Markeef Morris is on this list with the Lakers of 2020. Bubble championship, didn't count. Controversial. Derek Fisher's on this list. Thunder 2010, uh, Enos Cantor, Joe Johnson. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of big names like Kevin Love. And now the Cavs are going to retire his number zero. Kevin Love, he's had a great career. He's just going to be some guy on the bench pretty much sitting next to Udonis Haslam now for the Miami Heat, maybe get in a little bit. I can think of uh, the Bucks had, uh, or they might have traded for Paul Gasol, but it's, it's these situations where you bring in this guy at this point in the season. It's never as like the possibilities seem endless when you sign a guy in the buyout market, and then you realize, oh, you already have an established rotation of 11 guys, and, uh, and we're going to go from there. So some more signings will materialize. I was surprised if Patrick Beverly really did have the choice between the Warriors and the Bulls, I'm surprised he'd pick the Bulls. I did like that question about are they the most disappointing team in the East? I really think so, and they could still get into this playing tournament tournament and, and I guess make a run, but the Bulls, when they made all these trades and signings, they thought they'd be a top-four team here. And as we see in the East, it is Boston and it is Milwaukee. The Sixers are right there. The Cavs, I think, do not sleep on the Cavs. They've, especially with Donovan Mitchell, they've got a good thing going. The Nets, the Nets are still probably going to win a handful of games here with this newfounded roster. But once you get into the playoffs, I mean, it's going to be the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, and another team. And that'll be the final four, most likely. In the West, it's a little more interesting. The Nuggets, the Grizzlies, you could have the Mavs maybe win a series, especially if they do play the Kings, but the Kings could get in. The Suns, we're all going to assume, get past the first round. Uh, we haven't mentioned the Pelicans, Timberwolves, or Thunder, which are in the mix. The Lakers, I know there's a lot of intrigue with the Lakers. They're still five games under 500. they They're still a couple of games back of the play-in. Two games, which it was interesting when LeBron got that scoring record. I thought for sure there'd be a whole line of merch with the uh, the new number that he hit. Because he didn't play for a week after that. He was celebrating and uh didn't play, he was hurt. But the Lakers didn't make all these trades. They need you out there. You gotta win these games. The Lakers are gonna have to go like nineteen and six or, or something to to be clear in this spot. They're gonna have to have a good run here. They're not just gonna get in because they made trades. So they're gonna need everything they can get of out of LeBron. And you don't make all these trades. This is very similar to the year he was with the Cavs and they change their whole roster at the trade deadline. This seems similar to that, but LeBron's going to have to get in there. I know he did sit out that all-star game, the second half of it after he hit his hand on the rim, which he was going for a block. So the one guy that tried the one play ended up getting hurt for all of us people that want the all-star game to be like, I don't know the most competitive basketball game ever created. We want, we all want it to be the finale in Hoosiers. It's not going to happen. Not anymore. So I think the the teams that I'm very interested in in the West, again, what I was talking with Kurt Heelan about earlier this hour, is where does the pressure land? Does the pressure land? Uh, it doesn't. I don't think it lands on the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies are young enough, and they're still building something there that we're not in the spot where the Grizzlies have to make a conference finals or have to make a finals. The Kings are an amazing story. And everybody that loves the Kings, they don't, I mean, they, they are just happy to be here, which is fine. And they could win a playoff series and that will be great. I, I think a lot of NBA fans as a Bucks fan, I can tell you, I've been in that spot where you, first of all, you just want to be 500. You just want to win 40 games. And then there's a possibility you could win 80 games or 50 games. You could win a playoff series. My goodness. So the level of expectation is different for all these different teams. And that's ultimately how we'll judge them. I think with where the nuggets are with Jokic possibly winning his third MVP with him being the superstar that we want to just throw accolades on. I mean, he's got to get, he's got to get to a conference finals here this year, I think. And then he's got to get to the finals and we'll see what happens. Uh, your finals winner. I would still think comes out of the East. I still think it will either be Milwaukee or Boston, and again, to bring up uh, our chat with Kurt Heelan, he said he would probably put the Sixers ahead of Denver at this point too. But it's going to be interesting. The regular season should have a nice finish. Teams jockeying for these playing positions, it does make it more intriguing for sure. And then what are the Warriors going to look like? You know What are, what are the Knicks going to look like? What are some of these teams going to look like? Will there be a team that gets hot here at the end? Could they find somebody in the buyout market to really propel them? So there's a lot of intrigue in the NBA in the last couple of weeks and very excited for that and excited for the playoffs. Uh, very excited the, the NBA, I think a couple of things that their challenge uh, is right now is, well, the all-star game, but I don't think we really care. I think, I think the all-star game is just something to complain about. Cause like I said earlier, if these guys do get hurt, well then it's, why did you try so hard? I, I don't think we care as much as we pretend to care about the lack of competitive juices in the all-star game. They found out what team they were going to be on 20 minutes before the game started. I'm sorry. I don't think as cool as it was for Damian Lillard to hit the last second shot after they were trying half court shots for five minutes. I don't think it was Damian Lillard's lifelong goal to lead team Giannis to the finals, to the win. Like, yeah, you you play a pickup game. You want to win your game, but it's, it's what happens after. I barely remember I only remember Team Giannis won because I like Giannis. I mean, that's that's about it. I don't hardly remember where the game was last year, what happened. I think Steph had a big night. It's hard to remember. We get into it, then there's four days to try to fix the All-Star game, then it goes away, and we never talk about it again. You would like to see the load management thing be less of an issue. Anthony Edwards talking about this. If you're going to play, just play. You don't want to load management too much. The Warriors, to bring them up, they've really been using load management. They've been resting guys a bunch, especially on road trips, the end of road trips, and now with Steph Curry being hurt, I mean they've got to fight to stay into the playing race. So you don't want to, you don't want to negotiate too much where you're end up going to be costing yourself a good seat or even worse, a playoff spot. You would like to see these guys. I understand that there's every game now there's a kid with a sign that claims to have driven 800 miles just so he could see Jimmy Butler or John Morant or whoever. And you would like to see that problem get remedied, but I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be a mentality thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't benefit teams to say, Oh, okay. Well, Billy drove here from Knoxville to see Giannis play tonight. We better put him in the lineup for this one guy. That's not going to happen. 82 games is too long for the teams it's too long for. It's too long for the ball, long for the Celtics. Because it's not just, we got to remember, it's not in the NFL, you play 17 grueling games and then might maybe three or four more. In baseball, you play 162 games and then play what, like 14, 15 more if you win. In the NBA, the regular season is just like, you're just barely two thirds of the way there. If you're going to win the title, you've got two more months of night in and night out grueling basketball where you're going to have to leave it all on the court. So I do understand the rationale between, hey, we got bigger things coming. Maybe we don't expound all our energy tonight. And if you're going to go to the All-Star game, we're already like trying to rest you during the regular season and we need you for the playoffs. I don't need you to give your top defensive effort in an exhibition game where it's not going to matter anyway. Who wins or loses. So I can understand that. It, you know, you want things to be fan friendly. I get that, but I certainly can understand that. Had fun with you today, Tom. Thanks. We'll be back tomorrow, writer than you, uh, 10 to 12 Eastern Time. CBS Sports Radio. I'm Bart Winkler filling in the rest of the week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Once again, CBS Sports Radio.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,